Welcome to another episode of Rad Talk with Tracy. I'm your host, Tracy Poffenroth Prado. This podcast is all about reactive attachment disorder, or RAD. I'm going to be talking with parents who will be sharing their experiences of what it's like raising a child with RAD. It gets raw and it gets real. I'm also going to be talking with experts from different areas who will be sharing information about RAD, resources, and support. I'm glad you're here. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. Today, I am talking with Monty and Rachel Hawkins. They're the founders of LifeQuest Girls Academy, which is a unique boarding school for girls ages 13 to 18 who may be struggling academically or behaviorally or both. They provide a safe home-like environment where they don't just educate, but they instill a lifelong love of learning through individualized programs of study and help their students transition successfully into adulthood. Rachel and Monty have dreamed of opening a school together to promote principle-based living and provide girls with the opportunity to succeed academically, emotionally, and physically. They made it their dream or they made their dream a reality and they continue to help young women continue to grow, succeed, and prepare for a successful life in college, the workforce, and their future homes and families and life in general. So I want to welcome you here today. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, Tracy. So LifeQuest Girls Academy, the first thing that I noticed when I was doing a little extra digging was uh, you consider it a non-traditional boarding school. So often people hear therapeutic boarding school. Right. This is non-traditional. What does that mean? What's different? Yeah, so um, it is non-traditional in the fact that we are not therapeutic. And so we don't have any paid therapists on our staff. Um, we're basically a, a boarding school in the true sense of the word, but with, a, with an additional aspect of a behavior unit as well. And so the girls come to us where they they focus a lot of their time on school most of their time on school it's online through an accredited high school Um, we help them navigate towards high school graduation and diplomacy uh, through the use of tutors through the use of their their regular curriculum and then the other half of their time is spent in daily groups and daily just instruction and and things that your grandpa would have taught you just good old-fashioned truths and things that any parent would want any of their children to learn. Um, we're able to do it in an environment that's, like you said, we try to make it as home-like as possible. Um, we pray every day that the girls feel loved and accepted. Um, but our job, and it's probably the hardest thing we do, is we try to demonstrate tough love to them. We, right. we hold them accountable from the minute they wake up till the time they go to bed. Um, we state the expectation behaviors for them for every everything they do during the day, and then they are allowed to choose how they respond to those expectation behaviors. And if they make good choices, we recognize those good choices. If they make poor choices, we recognize those poor choices as well. And so we just we hold them accountable. I think that's the hardest right. part about our job, but it's probably the 
the thing we focus on the most. Right. And so what, who is a good candidate for your school? Who are the girls that come to you? Like what are their backgrounds and who, who needs you? Who, who comes to you? I'll answer that one, Tracy. Okay. So um, we kind of have two, two categories of students. We have students who are coming straight from home. And these students are usually students who um, parents or guardians have seen a pattern of concerning behaviors. And we are a first intervention. So we are a place to go where they can reset. They're in an environment away from, you know, poor peer influences. Kind of all those triggers. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And get away and just go back to the basics learn basic rules, expectations, and things like that. The other type of student we get are students who are actually graduating or transitioning from a fully therapeutic residential treatment center. And um, we help those girls basically do the same thing. But because we're non-therapeutic, we add in a life skills component. And so they're learning to function without daily therapy like they've had for probably several months and they're learning how to cope use those coping skills without having daily therapy and take on things like a job and school again and and one thing tracy we are definitely not anti-therapy right Um, we actually we actually believe wholeheartedly that that's the best option for a lot of these young ladies. So we do offer outpatient therapy services as well for those students who need it um, and can benefit from it. We are anti-dependency on therapy for the rest of their life. (laughs) We hope that that one day they can acquire the skills that will help them um, be self-sufficient to the point where, you know, they can take care of their own issues and struggles and, and develop those healthy habits and healthy coping skills that will help them be successful on their own. I love that. I love that. Um, yeah. I mean the therapy piece, even though it's not offered on site, it's still available to the girls. And that's, I love what you said, Monty, because that's so true. And being a parent of a child where, uh, or children (laughs) where therapy as a parent, it even feels like this has just become your life and it doesn't, Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't always feel good. You always want to work to that point where everybody heals and you can move on and let that peace go and then, you know, survive and, and live a happy life in the world without yeah. it. Well, one of our, one of our first questions that we ask parents of, of parents who are looking at us and considering us as an option. One of the first questions we ask them is, are you currently having your daughter see a therapist and how is that going? And the answer, when they're at the point of searching for placement, they're usually at the point where, you know what, therapy's not working. Right. And so we, we say, well, why are you throwing money at it then? Let's, let's get to a point with, with your daughter where she wants the therapy, she wants the help. Because if she's not going to put forth the effort with what the therapist offers and, right. and recommends, it's not going to help much. But they've got to get to a point where they want it. Yeah. And yeah. that, that's one of our goals is to help these young ladies want to succeed in life. Right. Yeah. We can't, we can't want that for them. We of course want that, but we can't, there's no magic wand. They have to get to a point where they want it. Yeah. That's a common theme, you know, 
being a parent of someone with a child with reactive attachment disorder, therapy is very hard because there isn't even always trained therapists who know how to work with it. So therapy is already kind of a struggle. Yeah. So I love that you're just taking that head on and just working in a way I heard, a I heard, a. Uh, someone say, this is what it's making me think of is what you're talking about. The kids have to want it and be interested in it, especially the ages you're dealing with or the older they get into the, you know, 17, 18. Uh, but someone said, you know, you can't lead a horse to water, but you can make the horse thirsty. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it's yes. kind of what you're saying, I think, right? It's the daily battle. The daily yeah. Battle, yes. <laughs> and it's and it's a worthy battle. It's a worthy cause. We love what we do. Yeah. Um, it, there are days that we scratch our heads and think, what have we done? Mm, but I bet. There are, but most of the days we we are just like overwhelmed with how rewarding it is to help another human being find that thirst, find that desire to improve. And it's, it's very rewarding. Yeah. So how did you both get started? I mean, this isn't a common career or occupation, (laughs) right? Or that one would think of. So how, how did you end up here? Go ahead, Rach. Okay. (laughs) Well, I guess it started years and years ago. We lived in a different town, a small town, and we had a family friend that had a full residential treatment center. And we would visit his school often and just think how wonderful it would be and how... Well, we loved what he was doing. Yes, he was, we loved he was it. teaching all the things that we believed in. Yes, just like... Monty said the values that are forgotten in public education that grandpa would teach you on the farm. We loved yeah. it. Yeah. So we just always wanted to do it. We didn't know how that would ever take place. Monty was in public education for years and um, we'd been in at what, 12 years public ed. Yeah. About that. Oh, and wow. Okay. We just, I, um, and, and nothing we're not anti-public ed either. We think it has a place in society. We're both products of the public education system. And, (laughs) you know, there's some well-meaning people, Um, but we do think that there is a need, unfortunately, for what we're doing. Um, And we, we had an opportunity with, with a property that came up and, and you just had, we just had to get to the point where we dared. Right. um, Because we, I was a, I was an elementary school principal at the time. And, I remember the day that I walked into the superintendent's office and resigned. Wow. And it was just, you know, then it got serious. Then it got real. <laughs> had to, it got real. And so it was amazing. Um, like Rachel said, just years ago, just having the thought and having the yeah. desire to do it, how doors eventually opened up as we continued to look into it and continue to pray about it and continue to feel um, what was best for us and our family. And one day we just decided to jump and we, it got real, like you said. And so we've poured our heart and soul into it from day one. And it's just, um, unfortunately there's a need for it. There's, there's young ladies out there that, um, that we feel like we can help on a more Mm -hmm. traditional level. Um, but my background's in education. I'm, I'm not a therapist. And, and we just, we've just jumped in and we've kind of, we've kind of built the airplane as we've flown it, to be honest. 
and it's just amazing what you what you realize what you don't know like yeah. we didn't know what we didn't know exactly. and, and we yeah we jumped in and we have we have learned mm-hmm. and we have struggled together with these girls and i think the one of the most important things that we do daily with our staff and with our students is transparency mm-hmm. we 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 really try not to pull the wool over the eyes of the students. If we don't know an answer, if we don't know the best thing, we tell them, you know, we, right. we're not sure on that. We're going to find out. We're going to work through it together. And that's just been, that's been part of our, our motto from day one is just figure it out. Yeah. Let's figure this out. Well, I'm glad it's you took the jump. Yeah. Go oh, ahead, yeah. Rachel. For sure. I was just going to say, it's <laughs> been amazing just in hindsight to look back and see just how it all came together, just how it all orchestrated. And, and now we go down to the school and I just can't imagine life without those girls. I can't imagine, like, I don't even remember what we used to talk about. (laughs) Like what, what consumed our conversations? It just is so much a part of who we are now that it, it really is a dream come true. We, we feel like we're helping, um, do some good in the world. We're at least trying. We we go to bed at, at night sleeping well because we we know we gave it a a good effort. Right. We are not perfect by any stretch of the of the meaning. Um, neither are our students, our staff, but we we try and we are doing our best to help these young ladies. Well, and it's coming from a very genuine place. I think this is something you just felt really called to. You you know you have that desire to help and, and serve other people. And, um, and I, yeah, you built the airplane or whatever you, whatever you said, kind of as you go (laughs) and how everything comes together. Isn't that amazing? I think that when your heart's in the right place and you're doing it for the right reasons, and I can see that you're really invested, which is an added bonus for a school like this, you know, to have the owners there and the heart and soul in it as well. So, and one thing, Tracy, before you move on, sorry, I, I just, I, I would feel bad if I didn't put a plug in for our staff. Yeah. Like we, we try our hardest to hire decent human beings and good people. Uh, be, we even have some couples that, that work for us and we love that the students oh, wow. get to see successful marriages and successful right. relationships and um, they can emulate that later in life. So we really, in our staff meetings, we really try to help our staff see the value vision, and the yeah. vision of, of treating these young ladies with love, <laughs> kindness, and respect, right. being friendly, but not being their friends type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Those so boundaries. Our staff, we could not do this without good yeah. people that are willing to help these young ladies as well. Right. And I like what you say, or I like that piece about it, that the girls are exposed to positive peer relationships, positive, you know, marriages, and they, they see that every day. Yeah. So the girls are 13 to 18. That's the age range. Did I get that right? Uh, we even, we initially that was, we've taken some 12 year olds as okay. well, okay. Um, but that's probably the youngest we would consider. Right. And so you have some that are coming from home that are just starting to struggle. And then you have other girls coming from a much harder place, a much tougher place. 
you know, do you, can any girl come to you? Do you have criteria or certain situations that you just can't accept or are you pretty open? We want to be super open, but yes, we do have some limitations as to what we will accept. If girls are physically violent or sexually aggressive, we unfortunately can't keep them because we're not not we're equipped. not a fully, yeah, we're not a fully therapeutic. Um, we're not a lockdown like a lot of facilities. We take security measures and we want to be safe, but um, there are limitations as far as extreme behaviors that we do have to turn away from time right. to time. Right. But if we feel like we can help them, our doors are open. Yeah. We, and you've you've mentioned some students with RAD and some some parents that have have children with diagnosed with RAD and um, not knowing what we didn't know, you know, <laughs> when we, when we started, uh, we've actually seen some success with our RAD students. Yes. Um, and it's, it's tough because we understand their struggles and difficulties as far as attachments go and trust right. and creating bonds with caregivers. Um, but not knowing what we didn't know, we, we help them, understand choice and accountability. We try to help them self-govern. Um, but at the end of the day, we treat them like our other students. Right. We, we understand and recognize their limitations and their struggles, but we feel like they, they too can learn. Um, it, it, it's an uphill struggle and it may not happen when they're with us, but we hope they leave our facility knowing that we tried and that yeah. we, we gave them an opportunity to learn and to, and to create those bonds um, right. and those healthy relationships. We believe relationships are the currency of life. They're going to have them in jobs and school and relationships and marriages and families. And uh, so we're going to try. Yeah. We're going yeah. to try with all students. Yeah. And I love you're not alone. I was just going to say, you're not alone and not knowing what you don't know, uh, you know, parents with kids with reactive attachment disorder don't often know that's what they're working with. And, you know, I think I hear you saying that you're really, uh, you know, because of, we haven't talked about what you do at your school, but you're instilling those, um, values and, uh, you know, opportunities, teaching life skills, all those things that if it doesn't happen now, or if it never happens, the opportunity, you're planting those seeds and those skills yeah. so that if one day they choose to, you know, use that and take that forward in their life, at least, you know, that that's there, they've got the capability, right? Yeah. Yes. And, and we have seen some success with that, with some of yeah. our students diagnosed with RAD, um, a relationship is formed. It might not be lovey-dovey and, you know, it might not be as affectionate as you would want or, but right. there is a relationship there and there's, right. there's a trust that's being built. And I feel like there is a component of empowerment that comes with these girls because for so long they have struggled in relationships and for them to almost not separate because like Monty said, relationships are the currency of life and we want them to value them. But when they become empowered because they see themselves becoming successful because of their choices, I just think it is a snowball effect. They become more confident in themselves 
And then they become more open to relationships that they've guarded, that they, I don't, we've just seen that. And clinically, I can't speak for why that is, but the more confident these students get in their own abilities and their ability to drive their own ship, it seems to have, have released a lot of restraint or just conflict in other relationships. Right. Maybe that sense of safety. And I really like how, you know, we often hear the clinical side of things and, you know, we hear the therapist version of how things are supposed to go and what's happening neurologically and things. But, you know, I really appreciate the perspective from you not being therapeutic and, uh, and just presenting what you do and the program and the structure and the skills And just the perspective of what you're seeing just from doing that is really helpful and interesting. And so it sounds like you're familiar with how a residential treatment center works. Those are very structured and locked down. And when girls come to you, is there more freedom? Uh, Is it similar? How does your program work? Yeah, so I think the potential to earn more freedoms is there with our program. It's built in. Initially, uh, the first the first phase of a program is is very residential program like. Uh, it's very strict, very structured, and I would say throughout the entire journey with us, it's very strict, very structured. We we constantly have to remind our students that you are in a program. This isn't just laissez faire, come and go, do what you want. There are rules, there are expectations, um, but there are opportunities to to spread their wings a little bit. We have a work release program that they can qualify for where they can actually go off campus. It's it's basically an internship opportunity where they can go and work. Right now we partner with a local business in Parowin that um, employs about six of our students and they do about three shifts a week. We have some girls that have earned, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars that they can't spend with us. Right. So that just goes in a savings account. Save, and save. We're hopeful that when they leave, you know, it might help them with the down payment on the car or tuition or whatever their next step is in life. But it's it's an it's a huge opportunity. And I don't I don't know of too many other facilities that offer that. Um, but we've we've seen a lot of success with it. It's something that incentivizes our students. It's something that um, creates, like Rachel's talking about, value um, that they are earning something. It's it's one of the things that we teach is, you know, you have to earn everything you get. And so uh, we are a leveled system. We are very similar, I think, in a lot of ways to a residential program, um, right. but we have we have some freedoms that that others wouldn't, I guess. And right. I think the whole point of that is we want to prepare them for the next step and there is a time and place for fully residential therapeutic treatment centers we love them we you know that's where we first became inspired but we also obviously feel like there is a place for the next step for preparing for adulthood we see girls come in and you know we help them apply for college scholarships and um actual finding apartments and jobs and just ACT prep. Yes. There is a whole other aspect to driver's license. Yes. Becoming (laughs) a successful adult that they wouldn't get in a residential treatment center. 
Right. Yeah. And I like that stepping stone because a lot of times kids come out of the RTCs, the residential treatment centers with, you know, families, kids, and parents are kind of at a loss of what do we do here because they're not ready to transition back home or it might not be safe, but there aren't a lot of other opportunities for them to go. So sometimes they end up going back to a place that, you know, isn't successful. And then all those same things keep happening, the same behaviors or they're triggered. So uh, I know that people will be really happy to hear um, that there are other places like you that exist that can help with that transition. And so your program, you have levels, but what about cooking? Do the, so the life skills, they go to school about five hours a day. Is that right? It's Mm -hmm. online. And then Uh what about meals and social interactions or other things that happen? Um, Yeah, so our students are heavily involved with meal prep during the day. They all rotate. They take a turn in the kitchen. Um, We have our own internal economy within LifeQuest. It's basically monopoly money that we allocate points to. If they they do well in the kitchen, they get rewarded or paid for that. If they don't, we hold them accountable and they lose points for that. Um, But they all take their turn cooking and preparing meals. We have a staff who's our kitchen director that kind of oversees and helps with the meal prep and plating and keeping it warm and making sure it's edible. (laughs) (laughs) Do the girls get to choose the menu or is it? No. No. (laughs) We we initially, when we had four or five students, um, pretty manageable, they had more freedom to choose what they wanted to eat. But, um, but as, as we built the plan as we're going, uh, that's no longer an option. We have a, we have set menus. Right. How many girls are you capable of having at your, at your school? We have 36 spots open, um, total. And right now we're just about full. So yeah, it's been good. We've got great girls right now and they're doing well and progressing and yeah they one thing that is maybe a little bit different as well from a residential program and maybe they do this as well i i shouldn't speak for them in general but um we really try to customize our program um we really try to assess where a student is academically um and and we offer any academic accommodations that any public school would um, we all, we have students on IEPs, you know, and we, we provide accommodations for that, but we also feel like they're at different levels behaviorally as well. And so we try to assess them when they come in behaviorally. And for example, the other day, one of our 12 year old students, we, we cut some of our writing requirements when it comes to groups and reports and things like that. We cut her, her required amount of words in half just because we felt like that was fair and she was capable of doing of doing that more effectively and so we really try to customize um, the experience for each young lady Um, if there's a need and and you know we want to we want to do our best to gather all the information we can and then provide opportunities for these girls to succeed with what they're capable of succeeding at it's not just one size fits all. Yeah. And that's really important. And I think that's great that you identify that, that a lot of the girls coming to you, you know, you might have a 17 year old, but really it's a 12 year old inside of that body, right? Emotionally, yeah. behaviorally. Yes. So yeah. 
to be able to adapt to that and even recognize it and have that awareness is yeah, very important. And so throughout the day, they go to school, they, um, the meals, we've talked about that. Are there other things that they, and they've got the opportunity to work and do all the other things that kids do or grandpa would teach them, right? Yeah. Yes. What are some of the activities? So I, maybe we should just kind of go throughout a typical day. That's a good idea. So the girls wake up, um, And that's unique too. the way they get up from the program is instead of staff waking them up every morning, we give them an alarm clock and set the expectation of when they need to be awake and, and not just awake. Now they have to be to what we call morning mindset and meditation. They have to show up um, ready for the day. Um, We tell them when they look good, they feel good. And so we expect them to get ready for the day. We expect no sweats and spandex yes. and right. hair in a mess and you know teeth not brushed. We expect yes. them to to be do presentable. to be presentable. Yes. Right. And their rooms need to be cleaned, so they have to have their beds made and their dirty laundry off the floor. And and they come to morning mindset, and we set daily goals every morning. They fill out a paper for daily goals and reflection, and then they do meditation every morning. And, um, they do breakfast together and then half of them go to school. And then the other half of the girls, that's where the life skills and groups come in. And so, um, every day there's a different group that they're required to attend and there are required, they have to participate verbally and they have to do the written homework as well. And each group is due in 24 hours. So the next day at mindset, they have to turn in the previous day's group. Um, uh, every, every day it's a different group. Uh, we have eight groups in total. So there's seven days a week. We throw in an extra group. Um, Monday we have a, a podcast group where we, we actually listen to inspirational podcasts nice. and staff will stop it and we'll discuss the whole idea behind groups is to get the girls speaking and opening up and, and just kind of venting and talking and just, and, and we're not, full trend you know we're not therapists our staff aren't therapists but we're we're just trying to listen to them and help them where we can lead conversations crucial conversations mm-hmm. yeah i just tuesday create that a, opportunity yeah yes. tuesday we do a cinema group where we have inspirational movies that we watch and pause and discuss it's probably the more popular group the girls enjoy it. <laughs> but, but it's good we we have some fantastic films that teach great great life skill or life lessons and Mm -hmm. good discussions great discussions um wednesday we do a staff-led group where staff can kind of choose and it's usually like team building activities um thursdays we do a 12-step group we have our own 12-step program a lot of our staff are have been years in recovery and they are in my opinion experts because of their experience with 12-step and the 12-step program is we love it we love the 12-step program (laughs) we are sold we have bought into the 12-step we have drank the 12-step (laughs) cooler and that's because obviously i guess you've seen it work yeah if you're right for over 100 years yeah people that have addictions and we have students that come to us without addictions and we replace the word addiction with behaviors because Mm -hmm. everybody has behaviors they're working on whether it's lying cheating stealing um social media 
self-image. Um, our 12-step group is my favorite just because it gets to the root of the problem. They have to admit they have a problem. They have to find a higher power. They have to learn how to derive power from that higher power. It's just powerful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love the 12-step yeah. group. Um, Saturday, we do a life skills group. Sunday, we do a spiritual group and an intervention group. Um, it's just, we always, we try to keep them busy. We yeah. try to keep them moving and going and not much idle time. Right. Um, we think that a lot of trouble can happen in idle time. Yeah. So. They have time to work out every day. They do daily chores. So they clean up after meals. Um, they share the load. So different girls are assigned different areas throughout the day to keep clean. They have a laundry right. day. <clears throat> they do their own laundry and clean their own sheets and make sure everything's just, we want to really prepare them for life. Yeah. Like we said, the more self-sufficient you are, the more empowered you are. And there's something really cool about seeing the girls become self-sufficient and mm -hmm. confident. There's right. confidence that comes with that. And they know, we tell them all the time, we can't force you to do this. Here's the expectation. Here's the rule. And then they get to choose their level of involvement right? and their level of participation or their level of refusal. Um, right. But but they also know they cannot choose the consequence. And, and we get to choose that, you know, and that's something that... Um, we just have over, over the years have just created as far as consequences that are equitable, um, but they they've earned them. They've earned right. either a good consequence right. or a bad consequence. And that's life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Every, every Tuesday, the girls can earn an outing where staff will take them off campus, bowling, uh, dinner, movie, kayaking, kayaking, and paddle boarding. And, oh, yeah. wow. So lots of opportunities. Um, I was going to ask two questions because, so, because from a parent perspective, you know, I think a lot of parents feel a struggle to find a place. Um, so you do have difficult situations, but you're still able, because all of these girls aren't perfect all the time and no girl, no boy, no teenager, you know, is, um, is happy and things aren't always easy or flow very well all the time. So I'm sure um, that you do in real world have situations and you just manage through them. Absolutely. Yes. I think that's been the hardest part of what we do is to accept that they have choice and then to consequentially deal with you know, the teenager behaviors. And like you said, whether they're in a program or they're not, they're still teenagers. Right. And we're still going to see. And whether <clears throat> if they, if they graduate our program with flying colors, they're still going to go home and struggle. Right. <laughs> they're, they're still teenagers. They're still <laughs> yeah. people. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully they have some tools in their tool belt that they can use effectively and recognize they're struggling or recognize we always tell them when you do good, you feel good. When you do wrong, you feel wrong. It's just mm -hmm. a principle like gravity. Uh, and so if they can recognize those times when they're doing wrong and hopefully pump the brakes and come out of it quicker, right. maybe we save or maybe we help them realize that they don't have to go down the road of struggle, struggle, struggle. They can, they can get out of that and go down a different road. Yeah. And there are some deep things that we deal with. There are a lot of you know, girls that deal with suicidal ideations and self-harm and really 
heart-wrenching, deep things that, you know, I don't know how to explain it other than it just rips at your heartstrings. And those are the things that, you know, come with the territory. And absolutely, we help these girls through all of that, not just, you know, do your chores and, you know, live a happy life. But there's, there's a lot of conversations down there that, that just, you know, they're what life is about and there's hard conversations, but they're like Monty said, they need to be had so they can move on successfully someday. Hey everybody, it's Tracy from Rad Talk with Tracy and I just wanted to pop in and let you know about some services that we have at Rad Talk for you, the Rad Parent. So at Rad Talk, we advocate for better mental health and by that I mean your mental health, Rad Parents, you Rad Moms, you Rad Dads, you Rad Couples. We're here to help you heal. That is our number one goal. So I want you to head to radtalkwithtracy.com slash support and check out our support services. We have online support groups for rad moms and rad couples. We have group retreats and we have group retreats for rad moms and rad couples. And we have a really, really special solo retreat in northern New Mexico where you can come and hide away in a tiny house in the mountains. What I do want to tell you is that we do not heal alone we don't. Come check out our support groups, our coaching, our retreats. It's all trauma-informed. Find your people. Come to a place where you can express your feelings and not be judged. Come to a place where you can be real and where you're not alone. These are your people and we're all here together. And I'm going to remind you, just like I said before, we don't heal alone. It really takes courage to bring your trauma into the light and your struggles, but I want you to know that this is a safe place for you to do that. Trauma thrives in isolation. We don't heal in isolation. We heal in safety and connection and in relationship with others. That's how we heal. So check out radtalkwithtracy.com support and sign up for a support group, sign up for a retreat, or sign up for coaching today. And I think just pointing out too, that you're not afraid of those situations that you're still capable of managing through them, getting the girls therapy or suggesting it if they need it. Absolutely. Yeah. And especially, you know, any kid, but even with children with reactive attachment disorder, I've talked to two that have recovered their, you know, teenagers or older, and they have both said that it is a choice that you still have to make that choice to change. And so what you're doing is, you know, instilling all these values, giving them the opportunities and um, exposure to situations. um, And then from there, yeah, it's, it's really up to them, but you're not afraid of those situations because I know that there's a lot of listeners and parents that might be considering a school like yours that might think, oh, you know, they won't be able to work with our daughter. So the severe behavioral and sexual situations, definitely not. But you do see some stuff that, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yes. We don't shy away from it. We don't Mm -hmm. ever just, you know, brush anything under the rug. If it comes up, we address it and we talk the girls through it. And like you said, if we need to recommend therapy, we do that and we do it as a team. 
parents yeah. are involved, therapists are involved, and we're involved. And there's really, I mean, like we said, besides being really physically aggressive or sexually aggressive, there's not much that we're not willing to take on. So, right. well, and there's there are probably some neurological issues out there that we're probably not the best fit for. Right. Neurological or, you know, that, you know, we probably just aren't equipped uh, to be honest, to, to really help those, those individuals, they probably need a more intense type of therapy, therapeutic, you know, place. Yeah. Sorry. I was referring to behaviors. Yeah. Yeah. All the learned behaviors, all the learned behaviors, we want them. We want them because, because we, we believe that, I mean, we obviously believe in our process and our program and we feel like we can help them to some degree. And like you said, Tracy, there's always a choice. They might not be able to control their past or what has happened to them in their lives, but there is always a choice in the future. Right. Right. And how long do girls, how long is your program or how long can girls stay with you? Do they, once they graduate the program, can they continue to stay or, and do they have to graduate them? How does all of that work? Yeah, Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. That's actually the, that's actually the million dollar question right there. Because each girl is so unique. Right. They are unique and they're, and they're smart. Mm-hmm. They know a lot of them, unfortunately, have the mindset of manipulation yes. and they will they want to wait their parents out. And it's it to us. It's really sad when when parents prematurely pull a student from our school without them being held to the expectation of completion. Once a parent and this is something we talk with parents all the time about um, once they, if they commit to our pro- process and program, we expect the parents to commit to their daughter seeing it through and holding them accountable to graduating the program. Um, if, if they don't, we believe it sends a damaging message to their daughter that they, that they, they want, they, for lack of a better term or word, they won. Um, and their, their behaviors that the reason they were sent to us they weren't held accountable to, they were actually rescued from um, because they just had to wait their parents out and they didn't really do much soul searching and they Mm. didn't really buy into the process and the program. They didn't really commit and accept. They didn't want to change. We tell students all the time, they can't control their circumstance, but they can control their environment. And it's sad to us when parents um, see that their daughter's struggling and, and parents, we love parents. They, I mean, obviously, they're, we wouldn't be in business without them. But I think the, the natural parent, the normal parent, we would probably do the same. They feel guilty. Yes. They feel guilty yeah. for sending their daughter away. Um, and, that's, and that's something totally understandable. But I, I, we wish parents would see it as an opportunity and a blessing for their daughter to get the help that they need. And they have to go through challenging times if they expect change. Right. Um, so to answer your question, that's kind of a long answer to your question. It depends on the student. Um, if, a, if a student comes into our program and does it perfectly, and we've never had one of those. <laughs> they, all, they all are unique and they yeah. all struggle at times, which we expect. Uh, but the program as it's written is an eight and a half month program. 
the average stay, I would say, is 10 to 12 months. And we've had students stay longer for upwards to around 20 months just because they went at a different pace. And that's okay. Right. We don't ever want to force these girls to go at our pace. Right. They have to want to go through the pro program and process. They have to want to exceed and go through each level. Um, so it really depends. But we, we beg and we hope we can help parents understand the need and the value of holding them accountable throughout the process and not pulling them prior to completion. Right. Yeah. And it is, you know, especially being a parent of a child with reactive attachment disorder, that manipulation and that guilt can get you. And so you get that phone call of, you know, whatever you're hearing, I hate it here. It's terrible. They're not feeding me whatever they say to try and <laughs> yes. get out. Right. And We've heard uh, it all. Yeah. I've heard it all. And you know, it's not genuine, but it's just that pleading, right. but you know, it does still tug at that, that heartstring, but just, um, and you support parents, just helping them to stay strong. And like you're saying, it's that tough love, but you've got to kind of get through that tough part to really, make a difference and see change. Well, so. and, and, and we, to help with the process, we heavily, heavily and highly encourage parents to be involved as much as possible. We, we invite them to come on and, and spend a day with their daughter at LifeQuest and, and be with them and see what they're talking about, see what school's like, see what tutoring's like, see what groups are like, see what meals are like, see what cleaning's like. We have a parent <clears throat> feedback form that mm -hmm. they need to ask their parents, how do you right. feel about whatever topic they're working on just to open that conversation. So parents are invested in what they're learning too. They well, feel part of that journey. And they have to be, we are a temporary um, aspect of their life. We're right. eight to 12 months Yeah, and it's just a tiny amount of time. Parents and caregivers or guardians are lifetime. They're 80, 90 years with these young ladies. We are just temporary. And so right. if we can't have the parents help and support and connection or attempts to do those things, um, we really don't feel like these, these young ladies will leave with much opportunity of continued success without that support system in place right. that's going to be permanent. So what if a girl has graduated the program, but you still feel like, oh, there's still more or it might not be best to transition home. Are they able to stay longer? Is it, or do you work on a parents helping them transition home or to a next and the next best place, or maybe that's independent living? Um, so both. Yeah. <laughs> so if we feel like a student and that's kind of a really, my favorite part of our program is that it's not just about completing the work to graduation. So if we feel like a student has completed our writings and the, the actual written requirements for graduation, and we feel like, uh, she's not quite ready. We won't recommend graduation. Yeah. We will. They really won't level advance. Yes. Right. The written requirements and the, the paperwork and things like that, that only tells half the story. The other half of the story is their patterns of behavior. And if they are showing a pattern or a trend of behavior that is, is negative, just because they have the paperwork done, we won't advance them. Gotcha. They have to have the, the behavior has to be there. We always tell them, learn to play the game. You know, <laughs> and, and if, if they learn to play the game well, uh, hopefully along that journey of learning how to play our game, some sincerity and some genuineness creeps in. 
Uh, um, but we feel like, you know, as, as adults in the real world, we have to learn to play the game. You know, I, I go a little bit faster than the speed limit says, hoping <laughs> that I don't get pulled. I'm learning how I'm playing the game of the right. highway, but I'm not, I'm not living it perfectly. Like I'm not right on the speed limit and I take my calculated risk and I get to and from my destination. And, and that's just kind of an analogy that I want all students to learn is learn how to play the game. Um, don't break the rules, but, but make sure you're, you're seeing where you can go and what you can do without, without um, getting pulled over or getting in trouble. Um, I, I think it's really important that they learn how to play the game of life. Right. And that's all part of their journey with us is like he was saying, the behavior side and the written side. And when we feel like those have aligned, then graduation happens. And once they graduate, you know, like we talked about earlier, we, every student's unique, but we love to be part of the next step. So if we get to help these students transition into a college dorm or into right. a job or help them write resumes, that's, that's the pinnacle of what we're doing. That's right. payday. That, yeah. That's that's... Payday. So if it, if it means, you know, we have students that graduate high school and they are not near completion of the program yet. And so their schedule is a little more lax. They can take AP classes or they, spend more time on the work release program right. or things like <clears throat> that. But yes, yes uh, to both of your questions. I, I think it's just, it, it, it's just part of our customization that we're willing to do. Yeah. Um, we kind of take it a student at a time. And depending on their needs and the family's desires and needs, um, we are willing to keep those students past graduation, um, but we have to have a plan in place. Right. We have to have um, parents, student, and us completely on the same page as far as what the expectations are, because we don't want to have them graduate the program and then just be lazy and not have anything to do. And we're just, yeah. we're just babysitting them. Right. You know, we want them to have purpose. Yes. We want them to have purpose and, and a goal and a plan in place, but we are willing to, we are willing to do those things with, yeah. with students who are not 18 yeah. students who turn 18. We, we recommend if they complete our program, we recommend that they go, they go try life. Go yeah. Yep. Go be adults, go <laughs> live life. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Go put it all into practice. Right. And so visitation and <clears throat> payment, how do people, is it private pay? Are, are there uh, financial, like, is there financial assistance? Uh, visitation can families visit i'm throwing a lot out in one question no, but. that's fine yeah so um visitations are earned um parents can come to campus anytime so they can come spend time with their daughter on campus as often as they like um as long as it's not becoming detrimental to the student's progress off-campus visits where a parent would come and take them for the weekend are earned visits and the girls earn those by being um, level two in our program and demonstrating good behaviors and it is a great incentive the girls really work for those and then later in the program on our last level level four we actually encourage a longer home visit we we encourage girls to go home for two to three weeks and just put into practice a lot of things that they've learned and a lot of things that they've contemplated. Um, there may be some, you know, appropriate times for apologies at that time and some, just some repair damage control as far as relationships and, 
we feel like that it's, it's optional. We, we recommend it to parents. Um, but we feel like that's an important piece of them completing their journey with us is going home and actually putting into practice what they've learned. Right. Yeah. And then as far as payment, Tracy, we are a hundred percent private pay because we're non-therapeutic. Right. Um, we can't run anything through insurance, but in the same breath, because we're not therapeutic, um, we are a fraction of the cost. I was going to say you're much, much, centers. much yeah. more affordable. <laughs> extremely, extremely <laughs> less expensive. Yes. Yes. So yeah, we want, and we want it to be manageable. We want right. parents, we want it to be an option. We don't want it to be, you know, a life changing expense for families. We want to help families yeah. and these girls and yeah well and we're so. we're very transparent with parents as well we we're not luxurious no we're a very <laughs> modest facility we have very modest accommodations we have very modest bedrooms we're not lavish and lu- luxurious in any way shape or form and we feel like that's a benefit to these girls as yes. far as entitlements are concerned yes. and spoiled and yes. we, we we don't give them we don't you know, go on trips with them. We don't have, you know, horses or stables. Right. Or, we give them the basic yeah, necessities, yeah. you know, yes. food, water, shelter, education, safety, love, um, opportunities to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, but but we're not those ritzy, ritzy facilities. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're just not, <laughs> we're just not that. That's not us. Is there a story that you want to share or I know Rachel, you were talking about how you love graduation and seeing them or helping them move on and transition into that next part. Is there a student that you remember or a situation or something that really stands out to you? I know you probably have many, it's very rewarding, Mm -hmm. but are there, uh, is there one or some that come to mind that you remember and that really touch your heart? Oh, yes. So many. Just ha- just even my will's turning as you ask that question. <laughs> so many faces come to mind. Aww. I think actually one of my most memorable experiences was with a student that had RAD. And she came into our facility and struggled. And just I'm sure your listeners and um, know that with rad there comes extreme behaviors and they don't they don't know how to properly socialize and so we were seeing behaviors from this student that you know she would scream profanities if someone was sitting in her chair or just off the wall just inappropriate behaviors and i remember thinking she's not going to make it <laughs> like we're yeah. not because <laughs> it went on for, it went on for months. Yes. It was probably a two to three month cycle wow. of her just explosion after explosion. laying on the floor, screaming obscenities at us or at other students, um, yes. just uncontrollable behaviors. And, and her journey was long and slow, <laughs> but, but she did it. <laughs> she did it. And not only did she do it, but she held down a job. She graduated our program. She applied for cosmetology school. And just when she left our program, there were just tears and embraces and uh, 
her journey, I think, will always stand out to me because of she overcame a lot. The contrast mm. of her beginning to the end, and but she learned to make better choices. She never made perfect choices. She never made. Sometimes she'd make a little bit better choice, but it wasn't the best choice she could have made. But yes. she she gradually learned how to make better self-serving choices right she she could she could recognize the the avoidance needed to avoid painful consequences and she would pump the brakes and she learned how to do that and she did enough in our opinion to be recommended for graduation and she did it she was very it was very rewarding her journey it was and she's still in contact with us i was gonna ask yeah oh that's so good we still get little updates and and she's she's struggled yes Mm -hmm. there have been phone calls from her where you know we've had to tell her to figure it out that we're Mm -hmm. we can't rescue her now and we didn't in the past and those are hard phone calls to have but she has done done well and continuing to try and she's not giving up and she's not you know um in a soup in a bad enough place where she's not going to get the help that she needs she's going right. to figure it out yeah for sure but there are so many stories yeah. tracy <laughs> there are so many i drive home from work i don't even know if i can call it work from our second life mm-hmm. <laughs> and some days i just want to scream because i'm so frustrated and some days i just cry because it it, it was a wonderful day and the conversations we get to have with these girls just uh, it, uh, I don't even know how to explain that it's yeah. it, it's so fulfilling and it's everything that you know we hoped it would be it's so much harder than we thought it would be but it's everything we hoped it would be we didn't know what we didn't know Tracy. <laughs> yeah. it, it yeah. was, oh I understand that harder than we ever ever imagined yeah but it's, but you're still doing it. More rewarding. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, one one reason we wanted to to do this as well is to help our children understand that um, it there's an opportunity here to help, and we want our children to be involved. We have six of them, <laughs> so um, we want them to be involved. We want them to be present. We want them to 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 see um, really that you know our we we believe our calling and our job in life is to help others where we can and as we do that we help ourselves and it's just been it's been an amazing journey so far and especially in today's world there's so much polarity and you know hate and sadness and disagreement and the bottom line is we're all people and we're all on a journey and if we can spend our life helping other people then we're gonna do it yeah well, I know that and we love it. the girls are grateful or will be someday and parents, you're, <laughs> you know, you're not just helping these girls, but you're helping families and parents that are also struggling and can't or don't have the capability to step away and um, which is where you are, that stepping stone, but you're, but you're really helping the entire family unit by, by what you do. Well, in our heart our heart goes out to these families that are at the point of trying to make a decision like this. It's, we are saddened that it's come to this point. We are just hopeful. Like you said, that we, that we can be an option of help. Um, Sometimes it takes a break in the normal day-to-day routine to, to maybe reset 
um, some boundaries and to reset some relationships, push pause, reset. And then our, our whole goal is to repair and help repair that relationship. So, so it can flourish and be healthy in the future. But we are so saddened with the families that are at the point of, of contacting us. Yeah. Yeah. But I know they're so grateful for you. And so I honestly don't know what lots of us would do without, you know, uh, whether it's a therapeutic or non, you know, traditional boarding school. Um, yeah. For not only what you're doing for our kids, but just for the families. It's, it's, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to help these young ladies. It's, an opportunity for us to uh, to give back a little bit we feel like we've been blessed so much and we've been helped so much in our lives and nice. uh, it's, it's an opportunity for us to give back a little bit pay it forward well i'm so glad and thank you for taking the time just to talk about what you do and and sharing you know a day in the life of and letting other parents know you're out Absolutely. there and that there's help so thank you so so much for thank sure. you for having us yeah, on thank you tracy Thanks for listening, everyone, and I hope you'll be back to listen to future episodes. If you like the show, please subscribe and help me spread the word by clicking share and like. If you're a parent who needs more support, whether it's for you or your family, please check out my website at radtalkwithtracy.com and visit radadvocates.org.